Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello, Naked Parent Nation. Thank you for joining us today at the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff. I'm your host today. And this is the daily podcast focused on supporting parents raising special needs children of all abilities. I have a special treat for y'all today. Her name is Marie Kirk, and she's going to share her story with us today. And you're going to find out why. I'm so excited to introduce her to you. She is a mom first of an amazing 22-year-old autistic lad and is trained as a nursery assistant for children with special needs. And then you'll hear her story of when her son came along and how that integrates with her training and her story today. So, Marie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. You shared a little bit with me before the show, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to you know, share with Naked Parent Nation a bit about your journey. But can we start with when you knew something was different? What was that signal for you that maybe you were heading down a unique path with James? Thank you, Chad. I know for me, I, I I did share with you that I um, my my brother also has an autistic me, um, uh, son, and I was very blessed to be able to help look after him with his mum and his dad because they had two other children that they needed to care for as well. So I had insight long before I even got pregnant with James and had the diagnosis. Uh, it was my brother that encouraged me to go train a special needs nurse, nursery nurse. I'd done that, but in the middle of that, I'd actually got pregnant. I always knew that it was, I was going to be a single parent. And I went through the pregnancy and it was fraught with difficulties. So it was already in my mind that James might have special needs because of some medication that I was actually on. But when he arrived, they couldn't part, he was perfect. His, the first indication that I got that he was uh, autistic was his walking was okay, but his fine motor skills and also his talking was very lacking. And I did everything as a single parent. I had nothing else to do but look after him. Uh, I took him to so many different places where, and as a qualified nursery nurse, I knew he should be hitting milestones. So it was then... so. Around about a year, I would say, I started noticing the, the signs, basically. He also became, as soon as he could walk, he became obsessed with, wherever we went out, we walked it down to the bus stop. And he had to stop on every single car that he saw, and he had to touch it, and he'd make a little sound, and he'd look in the mirror of the car, and we could not go past any one of them without him touching the car it was like a safety net for him so that's when i started realizing that there might be something 
and also when he was two, I wanted the, the nursery that I'd done some of my training in, I, I uh, wanted him back in there because they were absolutely fantastic at their job. And I enrolled him and then it was confirmed. My One of my best friends at the time was the head of the nursery and she was within weeks of him going in, as soon as you put him amongst other children, I just absolutely knew that he was different at the end of the day. So, yeah. What age was that? about well i realized when he was between one and one and a half but he was just coming up to when he started displaying a lot more prominent features he wouldn't play with the other children he wouldn't interact with them he always wanted to sit and he i've been told well i learned that a lot of autistic children love thomas thomas the tank engine and what he used to do he used to sit in the he used to build the train around him and the trains and it had to be the precise one and he used to sit and he used to move them all the way around basically and his social skills and his speech were a lot behind by then a lot behind so that's when the professionals started getting involved basically uh, just after he was i would say he'd be about about 25, 26 months old, uh, the professionals started getting involved and he was assessed, basically. He was basically just under three when he got the full diagnosis. What they actually put on his papers at that point was he was on the autistic spectrum and he had learning difficulties and he had significant learning difficulties as well. And that was the beginning of it at the end of the day, yeah. I uh, wonder how... Did you ever get any strange looks from people whose cars that he would touch? Oh, yeah. I mean, once or twice, the, the alarms had gone off. Oh, yeah. He didn't try to be scared, but yeah, I must admit, when, when he used to do that, if I did try and move him away from the car, he'd scream the place down. So I learned pretty quickly to ignore what other people were, were looking at and maybe commenting even and just do what was right for James and let him have that that safety net. And I was so blessed because my brother's lad is quite a lot older than James. Um, he, he was eight years old. So I had my brother to refer back to and I said, did Jonathan dare do this? And and you remember him doing that? I was lucky in that respect that, yeah, I had my brother to kind of lean on. But it was, it was difficult without shadow of a doubt. And it didn't stop. Other people's reactions has never really stopped. Even now, at the age of 22, he still gets looked at in, in the street if he does anything funny. And he does do a lot of funny things still. <laughs> I yeah. laugh now. <laughs> in a way, it was... Maybe a question that was off topic, but it's really not because we all deal with different things that are, uh, you know, maybe abnormal as to community or society standards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the grocery store or touching cars or whatever it may be, we're all mm -hmm. challenged in different ways to how are we to act? Are we to scold our child or are we to apologize mm -hmm. to this stranger mm -hmm. or embarrassment so it's, it's a very real uh, scenario that's why i brought it up is there anything that stands out for you that you wish you knew then that you know now 
Right. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, James's journey, it started off him having diagnosis of just the two disabilities. But in actual fact, James has been diagnosed with quite a lot of other things. Now, if I'd have known then that was ahead of me, maybe I could have been better prepared to look out for the signs and get help a lot quicker. Because some of them, some of, I mean, James has epilepsy, and it absolutely threw me into a, a tailspin the first time I ever saw him have a, have a seizure. That was born out of a very simple thing that he'd done for years. When James was little and he used to come into the living room, he loved to go up to the side of the chalet and look at it on an angle. I often wondered, and I thought, what's he doing? You know, it's, it's like... What's he trying to do? And I would pull him away. I remember I did ask the doctors and stuff about it, and they said, oh, it, you know, he's just um, curious. And I thought, yeah, but what about? But that actually triggered his seizures. It was a brain activity that was going on in his head. It was on one of those occasions when he was much older that actually triggered very bad seizure. I was so lucky that at the time we were having some difficulties with James's behaviour. A member of a learning disability team that was up trying to teach James how to, what was private and what was personal. And he was doing sessions with him over that. And he was there, you know, he'd witnessed many times people having seizures and he knew what to do. I didn't. I just sat there with tears rolling down my face and my mouth wide open saying, what's going on, you know? And luckily for me, although the seizure seemed to be a long time, it actually wasn't. And Tom said to me, you know, you need to monitor him, you know, and, and he did ask questions then. Uh, he wrote a re report about it, but it was a good six months before we actually got James on to be tested for it and also to get medication for it, which he's still on now And I'm talking He's been on that now nearly 11 years and he still can't come off it because he's in danger of, of having seizures at the end of the day. If I'd have known that at the beginning, I'd like to think that I would be better prepared, basically, because anybody that's got a child with, with any kind of difficulties, there is a cluster group of other difficulties that they might get later down the line. And that's worrying because James is ticking all of the boxes and has been doing for the last 10 years, you know, and it's a minefield when you're on your own and they've got all these different things you have to think about at the end of the day. So, right. yeah. So just to clarify, the first seizure that he had was when you were with uh, some professionals in the yeah. room? Okay. Yeah. And uh, did you have, in, you had no prior knowledge or I, I, just no I'd been on quite a few courses at that point and nobody had ever said yeah epilepsy is linked actually with anybody that's got a learning difficulty and autism but when you have both you're much more likely to actually get seizures and he, was he, was, he was 11 years old when he got his first seizure yeah wow wow yeah. that's great information yeah. You know, and things to, you know, it's just one more, like you said, box that you weren't prepared for. And just to kind of put things in context for some of our listeners and for other parents, is there a moment that stands out as one of the worst moments on your journey? 
Oh, yes. If you don't mind sharing. No, not at all. I believe, for me, it's important to be very honest about things. I could paint a very good picture of me being a really good mom, you know, doing everything for James, maybe having a few tears every now and again. That that wasn't the case. Long before I even James came along, I uh, drank too much. I'd started to get to the point where I didn't want to drink anymore. My idea of stopping was I thought, well, if I, you know, if I meet somebody and have a baby with them, that'll cure me. You know, I'll have something to live for. It actually didn't work out that way. James came along when I was 38. I didn't find the man. I'm a sing- I've never been married and I've been a single parent all my life. The alcohol abuse that I had and prescription meds that I was doing actually went into a very dark place at the time when James was from more or less from two years old when he was diagnosed right up until he was eight. I didn't give up alcohol for the first eight years of my son's life. He had to suffer through that and the ultimate suffering that he did was that I was deemed not fit to look after him and he actually got taken into care because of it. Mm. That point I will never forget because I desperately wanted to give up and I didn't know how. And to me, taking James off me was the ultimate betrayal and I did try and commit suicide at that point. I was extremely lucky and I say that with a lot of sincerity because uh, the social worker that he had at the time, she was really good. She'd suffered a lot of abuse from me because I was always demanding things and I thought, I'm on my own, you need to do this, you need to do that. And she put up with me, but they, obviously they knew about my drinking. They put it as a stayed. I've never heard very many people who actually, actually lose their kids and get them back within the time frame that James was away from me. It was only 28 days, but it was the longest 28 days of my life. Mm. I, I never, I couldn't believe the depths that are, of pain that I went to because of it. So when he came back, I was really determined to give up. And with the help of James's social worker, because she believed in supporting the family rather than just the child, she got me into, six months later, she got me into a 12-step rehab. From the day that I walked in, well, the week before I walked into the rehab, to this day, I haven't picked up another drink. And that is, yeah, uh, it's not been easy, but it's been the most wonderful, life-changing thing. So out of real darkness came a lot of light at the end of the day. You know, I can say today I'm extreme. That's why I put it on, on my bio I'm the mum, I am a mother of an autistic, amazing son, and I love him so much. Him and my sobriety are the most two important things in my life today. That's so, I mean, I you shed a tear. I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful that you share the, um, the honesty that you did because there's a lot of us parents that come into so much pain from raising special needs children that we need uh, a solution or an escape or something to ease the pain. And it's not something that 
we talk about enough, but it is something that's very prevalent yeah. in parents in general because parenting is hard in general yes. but also parenting especially these children so i commend you for your courage to share mm-hmm. that it means a lot to hear that so thank you how about an aha moment were there any aha moments along the way that yeah um, to share? yeah a couple of um about two and a half years into my sobriety, I, I, you know, I was doing well, and I, in the fellowship that I have, we have somebody that we call a sponsor. I recently changed sponsors, and this lady was, she knew, she knew my story, she knew that was two and a half years in, and she asked me, she just, you know, when we met her, and I asked her, and she said, yeah, she said, is there any area of your life that you want to change, Marie? We can use we can use the twelve steps to, to maybe have a look at it. Uh, while I was in the rehab, they wouldn't allow me to go anywhere near the emotional side of what I what me and James had lived through. So I took the chance to do that with this new sponsor. And my goodness, talk about aha moments. That was a life changer for me because I had to admit to myself that I hadn't fully accepted my son's diagnosis. And he was, at the time, 10 and a half years old. And I, and it just blew me away that I, I didn't, you know, I didn't really understand what it was about. And I wanted to understand. It's about changing. And, and I, the one thing I did know is that when you have autism, you've got to do it. The set ways that you have to do something, you cannot change that. So it was not up to James to change his ways of doing things it had to come from me mm-hmm. and that was a massive revelation and it was so freeing as well so i worked on me about what i'd been doing wrong for you know uh, six to twelve months with my sponsor and it was so beautiful i don't think i'd be where i am now for what was to come as well i grew a strength that I could see where we were going and what I needed to do uh, for me and James because he was part of the package at the end of the day. So, yeah, a lifestyle change for me had to to happen at the end of the day because I wouldn't have been able to get through half of the things that I did. The the new diagnosis, the dark period in James's time, I was able to sit there because, you know, he um, he has depression and anxiety and he... That came about when he was quite young. He was only 13 years old when he was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And he's had to live through that. And some of the times have been very challenging. If I hadn't been at, um, done that and found out what was wrong in me, what I was doing wrong, then James probably would have been taken back into care because I wouldn't have been able to look after him. So, yeah. Thank you. That's beautiful as well. And that's also one of the challenges is when are we, as parents, do we need to work for fixing something? And when do we need to be accepting of what is challenging? Because some people are trying to fix the problem and other people are taking the stance that there is no problem. If there is a problem, it's just us with our expectations getting yeah. in the way. So that's, I appreciate the way that you share yeah, that. I love that. So true. 
And I love uh, you shared a favorite quote of yours with us, and it says, "You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars, and you have the right to be here." And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's wonderful and very in line with what we were uh, just talking about. So thanks for sharing that with us. How about for you? How do you do at taking care of you? When I was with James, uh, one of the foremost things was I had to stay sober at the end of the day and free from from anything else. So I um, used to go to quite a lot of meetings and have time away from James. Um, I 100% without any reservations, recommend that uh, other people can take care of my son because that was a big stumbling block for me. I thought I was the only one that could really take care of him. And that's not true. And James has grown so, so much because of that and has experienced so many wonderful adventures with other people, basically. If I, and so that was one thing. and. Part of my program is to meditate. I love anything to do with Buddhism and meditation. So I, I do that as well. We're taught to eat healthy and to keep to sustain it because I know James, I don't know about anybody else's but James uh, had ADHD as well, so he was always on the go. And you have to keep your you have to be alert and you know and know and be be well fed so i've always done that for myself i love spas i do i, I used to do a spa once a month i treat nice. myself to that the last thing that i did i got around uh, all the parents with children with special needs i did a lot of work for nearly seven years in trying to get the services for other children in lancashire and that was so fulfilling Sometimes it was quite difficult. Sometimes it, it took a heavy toll on me emotionally. But we had quite a lot of wins, uh, you know, we, and we were able to provide, you know, get the, the local government to provide a lot of good stuff, which is where I know my, my topic is having fun in, with your children. And throughout all of the years, in so many things, uh, some of them have been because of the local government have actually put money into services. Because why should our children actually suffer just because they can't access a mainstream pool? Or um, I went out and I'm, I, I found out whatever I could about them, and other parents were, were the same. And we connected, we bonded because of that. When you've got a good group of people around you, you can achieve absolutely anything that you want. It's really fantastic. James has been on, uh, he used to go skiing one week in, in a nearby town that we had, had a dry slope. And then the other week he'd go out uh, orienteering out in the wild in the bush and do lots of swinging through trees and going down potholes. So he's been up in helicopters. One of the first things I did when I got sober was I promised him that we could go up in a, in a helicopter and we did that. And I've got amazing memories of all of that. What else has he done? He's done so many things, so many things. The best, I can't miss out because he's told me, he says, Mum, you better put this one in. Um, last year, obviously, the pandemic happened. 
Uh, but he was James's 21st last year. Now, when James was 13, he started really getting into goth uh, and alternative lifestyles. And he used to dress and listen, and the music was very important to him. So it took me a while to get my head around it. But for his 21st birthday, uh, instead of throwing a big party, I thought, what does he want? What would he really love? And he's always loved a band called Slipknot. Uh, and I think they are an American band, actually. Yeah. And I bought him VIP tickets and a with him to see his favourite band just before a lockdown. Uh, it was just fantastic. We did have to cancel one of one of the uh, 21st prezzies because we were in lockdown then. But on his birthday, I planned to take him to a place in Yorkshire, which is where I live in England. Whitbay is the goth centre of the world, and I mean that. There's people from America who come over on certain weekends. I took James down to do that when he was 19. I thought he was ready for it. He absolutely, it was like me when I walked into recovery. He stood there. He was just so enamoured with it. It was like he'd walked into his own world. Uh, we stayed overnight. We went to see the bands. He just loved it. He, he went up talking to people that he never met, but they were getting on because they all had the same thing in common. And that was such a beautiful moment. So for his 21st, I wanted to do it for the full weekend. But this October, we are doing, and we're doing something even better because my... Other two nephews, my brother has three boys, and my other two nephews, one of their girlfriends, we're all going to Whitby. We're all going to stay in, in a beautiful cottage in the centre of Whitby. We can, we can soak in the sides. We, the, the, the lads can, and, and Kim can go out to take him out to the, the bars at night because he's old enough to drink as long as it's only one or two. Yeah. And he's going to have the time of his life because he's so much if you find out what your child really like is into to be able to give them that and see that absolute joy on their faces is just incredible it really is i still don't like the music that he listens to yeah. but i will be going out and going around Whitbase. it's where dracula wrote uh Bram Stoker wrote dracula and and there's there's bazaars with all goths paraphernalia and and it's wonderful and everybody there is from the alternative community and they all accept one another that is their mantra they're all different but they are all the same as well and it's yeah. just, and to see james being a part of that was the best moment of my life really was uh, <laughs> a wonderful mom uh, he's lucky to have you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Today, yeah. <laughs> Usually, I, towards the end of the show, I like to do what we call lightning round, which is like a one word to one sentence answer. Okay. Uh, are you up for it? Yes, 100%. <laughs> okay. okay. I promise I'll try and keep it to one word. <laughs> well, just the best you can. What is the best advice you have received? I thought about this earlier. Um, the best advice, get help from wherever you can find it. Share a personal habit that contributes to your success. I listen to my son. I genuinely listen to him and what he wants. 
Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? Yeah, for myself, uh, I'd be lost without my meditation. In times of crisis, I just center myself and I breathe and I don't say anything. And then I can look at it again with fresh eyes. That's it. That seems to work. What's the next thing on your list that you want to add for your individual well-being? The Whitby trip is coming up. I can't wait because I enjoy that as much as James does. But for myself, I love anything to do with the arts. Uh, While lockdown has technically been lifted, it's still a bit like that. So I am waiting to see whether or not I can go down to... um, uh, the Globe in um, in London. I, I, I do things that I tick off my bucket list and that's one of the things that I want to do. And that's my well-being. I've got to have something for myself, basically, and that's it at the moment, yeah. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? I tried learning how to drive in Sobrato and I didn't manage it. I live in one area of, of Great Britain, James lives in another, and it's a big difficulty trying to get together. I don't see him every week now, unfortunately. So driving probably would be the best thing. Maybe I will do, maybe I won't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Being like this. Yeah, being like this. And Maria, this has been an inspiring conversation for me. I've really, really, really enjoyed it. And I know that it means a lot to uh, Naked Parent Nation as well. Is there any guidance that you'd like to share with uh, other parents out there uh, as we close the show? Yeah, well, the, the way I've been able to, when you sent your invitation, I believe was because I contribute uh, every now and again on the autism website. And that is what I would 100%, no holds barred, I, I would uh, recommend to anybody. Because even though we might be all over the world, you know, when I read some of the stories from there, uh, my heart goes out to, to all the parents. And, you know, and it's led to this. And this is awesome for me. It really is to be able to to show that there is light at the end of the tunnel. You know, no matter what happens in life, you can get through it. And not being on your own is a massive thing because in the real crucial times, I've had people that have given me good advice and been there and supported me massively. So, yeah. Just stick together, stick together and you're stronger without shadow of a doubt, yeah. Yeah. Marie, well, you'll always be part of our family here and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for that. And I hope you stay in touch with the show and we can continue sharing our journeys and progress and and it is progress, not perfection. And I want to uh, thank you again for being with us today and wish you all the best. Thank you so much for asking me. Yeah, it means the world to me. Thank you. Okay. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. 
iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes, and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long. Bye.